Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. everyone happy friday welcome to the incline i'm your host kevin klein you can follow me on twitter at klein 25 you just need to spell it just like the underwear it's may 31st and that means another month of baseball about to go into the books and your dodgers at this point in the season right now 38 and 19 and i'm looking at the standings right now and i don't see anyone else oh wait there they are way down there Eight and a half games behind the Dodgers right now are the San Diego Padres. It was a really good month of May for the Dodgers. They had an 18-7 and record. And last night, they won another game from the New York Mets. So they were able to take three of the four, winning last night 2-0. It all started with Hunjin Ryu taking the mound. And Ryu had another great performance. He was able to go seven and two-thirds innings. He only allowed four hits. He gave up no runs. He now lowered his season ERA to 148. And Ryu was able to put his name into the Dodgers history books as well. Um, let's see. Through his first 11 starts to start a season, Hunjin Ryu put up the third lowest ERA in Dodgers history. In first place, Don Sutton, he had a 125 ERA. Second place, Don Drysdale, he had a 147 ERA. And now Hunjin Ryu, third place with a 148. Barely edging out Sandy Koufax, who had a 149 ERA in his first 11 starts to kick off the season. We look at Ryu's stat line right now, and it's pretty ridiculous. He has an 8-1 record, the 148 ERA, which is first in all of baseball. He's gone 73 innings while striking out 69 batters, and he has a whip of .81. And to go along with that, Ryu has only walked five total guys this entire season. After the game, Ryu said his changeup felt like it was the best it had been. 
all season. And if you saw the game, Ryu was able to keep Mets hitters really off balance. He didn't allow a whole lot of hard contact. And he just had complete control of his stuff the entire game. But it was also pretty huge for him to go that deep into the ball game because it didn't force Dave Roberts to have to go to the bullpen other than Kenley Jansen, who was able to pitch a four-out save cleanly, and he notched his 16th save of the season. We'll get to the game before that in a moment, but the fact that it was just a Ryu and Jansen game definitely made it less stressful for everyone else. We got a great show today. We're going to talk about this Met series briefly, answer a couple questions. Then we have a big Phillies Dodgers series coming up this weekend. And then I'll cap things off lastly with just a couple random topics in baseball. So back to this game last night. One thing that really stood out to me, though, that I kind of didn't like, Kike Hernandez was batting fifth. And he had a couple opportunities with runners in scoring position. He did not get the job done. He had a first and second, nobody out, and he just popped it up, barely past the infield. And he was batting fifth, so there was obviously some importance to where he was in the lineup to drive runs in. He didn't get the job done. Luckily, in the eighth inning, he was able to drive in an insurance run, but... I feel like Kike Hernandez has been kind of struggling, especially in the month of May. He now has a 217 batting average. And we're starting to get to a point where we have to really question if we want Kike Hernandez to be our starting second baseman every day and maybe explore other opportunities like Chris Taylor, who's been heating up, or we just try to acquire a bat and move Muncie to second because. To me, it seems like Muncie is getting better at defense at every base, not just second, third, or first. I mean, Muncie's pretty much put himself into a must-start every day with the hit, with his eye, his power, and maybe even his defense. So, we talk about a more exciting game. It was Wednesday night. And we'll just we'll cut to the chase. The Mets had an eight to three lead over the Dodgers, and Walker Buehler did not have a good outing. He allowed five runs, and he gave up two home runs to potentially the Rookie of the Year, Pete Alonso. He was the spotlight hitter in the last podcast. He had a really big series. He had three home runs, two home runs against Buehler. Dodgers brought in Pedro Baez, who allowed a run. They brought in Julio Urias. He allowed two runs, including back-to-back home runs. But the Dodgers gr- were gr- not quitting. Corey Seager hit an eighth-inning home run off Familia. And then to s- kick off the ninth inning, Mets brought in their closer, Edwin Diaz. But Jock Peterson started off with a home run, followed by Max Muncie, who hit a solo home run. Before you know it, Turner gets a double Bellinger drives him in it's a tie game BD jogs out an infield single bases are loaded Verdugo up to the bat sack flies a walk-off win for the Dodgers 
turn an 8-3 deficit into a 9-8 win. Edwin Diaz had allowed five hits and four runs. Turner, Seager, and Beattie all had three-hit games. And that was arguably the most exciting and impressive comeback win the Dodgers had had all season. I thought the game was over at when it was 8-3. to three. All hope looked lost. Fans were happy Urias was giving up home runs. Don't really know why. But the Dodgers didn't quit. And with that kind of mentality, it really shows they can be a World Series winning team. I was not happy with Noah Syndergaard's comments, though, after the game. The guy accused the Dodgers of cheating. And maybe if Noah Syndergaard was pitching like Jacob deGrom of last year, he could have an argument. But hitters are hitting 290 off his fastball this season. It's not like his season stats really back up what he has to say. He was accusing the Dodgers of jumping on his fastball and his other pitches. But it's like, bro, you have a 490 season ERA. And it's not like it was just the Dodgers who have given you trouble. This guy gave up six runs to the Detroit Tigers, who are a lousy team. He was only able to strike out three Marlins, and they're a pretty lousy team. And the San Diego Padres roughed Syndergaard up as well for four runs. So for Noah Syndergaard to call out the Dodgers like that, it's just another reason why I can't stand the Mets. It seems like for whatever reason, they always have something to say about the Dodgers. It's not like Noah Syndergaard is a saint. He purposely threw a fastball behind Chase Utley's back a few years ago, which led to Syndergaard getting ejected. So I hope we get to see Syndergaard again because I'm sure the Dodgers bats are ready to stick it to him. Some Mets fans online were accusing Jock Peterson of reading signs. But if you realize anything, you Mets fans, there was no one on base for Peterson to even see these signs to begin with. They act like he knew it was coming. That's just Jock's approach. So get over it, Mets fans. You lost the series. You're a below 500 team. You wasted all that money on Cespedes and Bobby Bonilla. I don't feel bad for you guys whatsoever. You choked. The other exciting little thing of that series was Dodgers top prospect Will Smith, a catcher, he got called up. And in his first major league at bat, he got a single. So props to Will Smith for contributing right away he's got to play some games with Austin Barnes going on to the IL so Will Smith and Russell Martin are your catching duo right now so Dodgers bullpen still struggling they have a ERA that's 21st in all the majors right now bullpen ERA of 462 so we're not going to go into relievers they need to pick up we did that last time we'll see how the deadline hot stove heats up but obviously something needs to be done for the Dodgers bullpen because they're still struggling we got a question from divided Doug Nation why hasn't Andrew Friedman been extended by the Dodgers yet and you know that's a really good question because 
in 2014, he signed a five-year deal. And, well, we're in 2019 now, so obviously that means his contract is going to be up at the end of the season. And to answer that question, I don't really know why Andrew Friedman hasn't been extended yet, but I have a gut feeling that Friedman is betting on himself right now because what Friedman has done in these last four seasons, obviously the Dodgers have no reason not to keep him. He's taken them to two World Series. He's really turned the payroll around. He might be one of he is one of the best GMs in all of baseball. I mean, he's a president, but he acts like a GM, you know what I mean? And I think Friedman is just betting on himself. He really wants to win a World Series. And if Friedman can add that World Series title to his resume, it's only going to increase his value even more. And he might get the kind of contract that pretty much guarantees him a Dodger for life. So I'm not really too worried about Friedman going elsewhere unless that's his secret agenda all along. I know from the Dodger side of things, they definitely are going to want to keep him. So we'll see how that plays out. But I definitely think Friedman is here to stay. And he's just betting on himself to win that World Series title just to get some more money because... It'll definitely make a huge difference in that contract payout. So moving on, we got a kind of exciting series coming up. It's the Dodgers at home against the Philadelphia Phillies. And that'll be a Friday through Sunday series. And it might just be me, but every time we play the Phillies, I get a little fired up. And the reason being, 2008 and 2009... Dodgers had two really good teams. They were in the NLCS, and it was the Phillies who took their opportunity twice from reaching the World Series. Phillies were a great team themselves, but I was younger back then, and it just it really hurt to be so close yet so far from that World Series appearance. And it basically took another decade for the Dodgers to even reach a World Series, so it mattered. It definitely mattered. Right now, the Phillies, they have a 33-23 and 23 record. And they're three games ahead of the Atlanta Braves in the NL East. Some people don't buy that the Phillies are legit. I, on the other hand, have picked them to be a playoff team from the get-go. Um, this is Gabe Kapler's second year as manager. And if you are familiar with Gabe Kapler, he was in the Dodgers organization as a player development coach. Well, now he's the manager of the Phillies. And, I mean, he's they're off to a good start this thus far. They're a game above 500 on the road. And their batting average is, right now, they're 18th, hitting 247. But against left-handed pitching, they're actually 6th. They're hitting 267 against left-handed pitching. They have a team ERA that ranks 10th in baseball at 411 while the Dodgers are third in all of baseball with a team ERA of 357. And they're 13th in runs scored, 23rd in home runs. They have 66 of those, while the Dodgers, they're 7th in home run, home runs. They got 88 of them. So the Phillies and Dodgers should be a pretty good series. Friday's game starts off with Jake Arrieta. 
He's 5-4. and four. He has a 360 ERA. He'll be taking on Kenta Maeda. He's 6-2. and two. He has a 367 ERA. And in Arietta's career against the Dodgers, he's made seven starts. He's gone 3-3. Three and three. He has a 3.07 ERA against the Dodgers, including one no-hitter. And Jake Arietta, fun fact, is the last starting pitcher to throw a complete game no-hitter at Dodger Stadium. A crazy little split about Arietta this season. With two outs and runners in scoring position, the opposition is hitting .043 against him. So Arietta's proven to get out of jams this season. He throws a sinker about 50% of the time, which ranges about 92 to 93 miles an hour. And that's led to a 53% ground ball rate. He'll also throw a slider, a changeup, a curve. And the Dodgers' current lineup, they've had 109 at-bats against him. But they're hitting 211. Verdugo, 2 for 3. Corey Seager, 3 for 5. Other than that, not much success against Jake Arrieta. And on the other side, Kenta Maeda. At home right now, he's 4-0. He has a 138 ERA. He's holding batters to a 146 average, and he's made six starts against Philadelphia. He has a 3-1 record and a 4.55 ERA. And their current lineup, they have 77 at-bats against Maeda. However, they're hitting 3-12 against him, and they've had eight home runs while Andrew McCutcheon's hit two of them. JT Riomuto, he's 4-9 with two home runs. Nick Williams, 3-6. With three home runs. And Nick Williams hasn't really been much of a factor this season. So that would be really interesting to see if somehow he becomes a catalyst for this Phillies lineup. And I think the key to this game is just to make Jake Arrieta work. We want to get him out of the game as quickly as possible. We don't want him going seven because if he's going seven, that means he's probably pitching a really good game. I think Friday's game is going to be a really close battle. It could come down to a run or two. So a 3-2 type of final score is something I could definitely see. Saturday's game, we got Zach Eflin. He's 5-5. Five five. He's got a 3-0-2 ERA. Taking on Clayton Kershaw, 5-0, 3-46 ERA. And Eflin has made four starts against the Dodgers. He's got an 0-2 record, a 9-18 ERA. He's only been able to go 16 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed 10 home runs over that short span. The current Dodgers lineup, they have 36 at-bats against Eflin. That includes a 333 batting average with five home runs. Bellinger's hit one off him. Muncy's three for five. He's got two home runs off Eflin. And Corey Seager, he has one as well. Eflin throws a fastball about 94 miles an hour. Throws that 40% of the time. He can throw a slider, a changeup, a sinker as well. And Dodgers have not lost any start by Clayton Kershaw this season. We hope to see that continue. Kershaw's made 13 starts in his career against the Phillies. He's got a 3-5 record, a 307 ERA. Bryce Harper... Not much success against Clayton Kershaw. Two for 21, only one home run. 
Andrew McCutcheon, on the other hand, he's seen Kershaw quite a bit. Little success. Hitting 11 for 36. Slightly above 300. He has a home run. And JT Rumiuto again. There he is. He's 3 for 10 against Kershaw. He has a home run. And as a team total, they've seen 122 at-bats against Kershaw. Only hitting 205. Three home runs. 41 strikeouts, so Kershaw has a K rate about 33%. And finally, the last game of the series features Nick Pavetta, 3-1 on the season, 771 ERA. That's a bit high. And then Rich Hill, he's 1-1, 273 ERA. What I can tell you about Nick Pavetta was he definitely was sent down to AAA earlier this season. He had really struggled. And based off those numbers, it doesn't look like Pavetta's gotten much better. He's made two starts in the past against the Dodgers. He's got a 1-1 record, 327 ERA. However, the current lineup, they have 29 at-bats against Pavetta, hitting 379. Chris Taylor, 3-for-5 with two home runs. And Justin Turner, 3-for-6 with a home run. He pretty much is a very identical pitcher to, uh, to Zach Eflin. So... Dodgers are going to see three right-handed starters in a row. Means a lot of at-bats for Jock Peterson for sure. Should see Muncie out there a lot. Definitely Seager. He just had a day off. Um, so we got to talk some hitters. We'll start with the guy who's just signed a 13-year contract. Bryce Harper. A lot of people are convinced Bryce Harper is really overrated. And... If we go off his start so far this season, I would say as a Phillies fan, I'm a bit disappointed with what we've gotten so far. He's only hitting 252. He has a 370 on base, 10 home runs, 41 RBIs, and a lot of strikeouts. However, he is starting to heat up. He's eight for his last 12 and striking out a bit less. So I don't think... Dodgers need I don't think the Dodgers should take Bryce Harper lightly this is still a guy that if you throw him a pitch of his liking he's going to hit it out of the ballpark I mean in the past Bryce Harper hasn't done too much to the Dodgers but it's a new year he's still a great hitter he has the potential to change the game with one swing of the of the at bat anytime I think Bryce Harper is still going to turn it around Especially once it heats up. Philadelphia becomes a serious hitter's ballpark. And still a lot of baseball left to be played. I think he still has a shot to be a top five MVP candidate. I know it's a bit crazy. He was my MVP pick to start the season. Obviously, Cody Bellinger is running away with that right now. But Bryce Harper, still young. Has a lot of potential. At one point, it's all going to click this season. And when that does, the Phillies could be a team the Dodgers see in the playoffs. Might be NLDS, could be the NLCS. Don't really know. But I do think a Phillies playoff appearance this year is just inevitable. They have better pitching than the Braves. Their hitting is about equal. It's really going to come down to those close games and how you do against your division. 
So I'm still pretty high on the Phillies. Another guy who does pretty good, especially against the Dodgers, JT Realmuto. Um, in the last three seasons against LA, he has a 365 batting average with six home runs and 11 RBIs. This year, Realmuto, he's hitting 265. He's got eight home runs, 32 RBIs. This was a guy the Dodgers were looking at to trade for in the offseason. A lot of Dodger fans were really gunning for Rio Muto. A lot of them were willing to give up Verdugo, which I thought was stupid. There were a few Dodger fans who wanted to trade Cody Bellinger and Verdugo for Rio Muto. And that was just crazy. I'm just... That would have been one of the worst trades of all time if that had gone if that had just happened. Thankfully it did not. Rio Muto. Obviously he's a good catcher, but I think he's overrated in terms of where people are trying to rank him in terms of all time great catchers. He might be one of the best right now, but he's not that far ahead of the rest of the pack. He's not a game changer. He's not like a Buster Posey a few years ago. Good hitter. Not a game changer. His defense, below average. Rio Muto, he'll do good in Philly. Don't think he's a game changer, though. Andrew McCutcheon, another guy we got to keep our eyes out on. In the last three seasons, he's hit five home runs against the Dodgers. We've seen him in a Pirates uniform, a Giants uniform. He then went to the Yankees. Well, now he's back with the Phillies. And he's going to be their leadoff hitter. Um, all I got to say about McCutcheon, just when you think he's about to be out, he could get a two-strike hit on you anytime. Gene Segura, really pesky hitter. He's their shortstop. We've seen Segura in the past when he was an Arizona Diamondback. Uh, Segura has the ability to just get on base with singles. He can also swipe a bag if you're not paying attention too closely. And then one of my favorite hitters in all of baseball, Reese Hoskins. He's got 13 home runs, big power, right-handed bat for the Phillies. Hasn't done too much against the Dodgers um, in the past, but it's a good hitting team against left-handed pitching. You never know if Hoskins goes yard on us. Last year, the Dodgers only won three games against the Phillies. They ended up losing four. And if you recall, Kike Hernandez was pitching in one of those games. That was in Philadelphia. Unfortunately, the Phillies did win that game. A lot of fans were pissed that they didn't go to Rich Hill. Don't need to address that, but we got another question from Ewok in LA. Do we think Farhan Zaidi is going to make a deadline deal with the Dodgers? Now, Farhan Zaidi, he used to be basically the GM of the Dodgers. He worked very closely with Andrew Friedman. He then left, got a better promotion with the Giants. And so far, the Giants have been terrible. One of the worst teams in baseball. Fans are pissed. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the Giants to make some moves at the deadline to not win now, but build for the future. And answer this really good question by Jim Furlong. I don't think the Giants are going to deal Madison Bumgarner to the Dodgers. I do think Bumgarner does get traded 
But I could see it be a team like Atlanta, Milwaukee, and hopefully not, but possibly the Houston Astros. I do think there is a chance, though, that Farhan will deal a reliever to the Dodgers. Maybe not Will Smith, but Sam Dyson and Tony Watson are definitely potential options. And I think Tony Watson would make a lot of sense because he was a Dodger before. In 2017, Tony Watson was with the Dodgers. And this is the kind of move that keeps Giants fans kind of at ease. It appeases them. When you trade a former Dodger back to the Dodgers, that's a little different than trading someone like Bumgarner who is going to get his his jersey retired with the Giants. So different than trading that kind of caliber to your number one enemy. And I think Farhan knows the Dodgers have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. And it would be absolutely stupid for him to not try to get some of those players out of the Dodgers farm. I mean, what team does he know better than the Dodgers? He knows the Dodgers system better than the Giants system right now. So trying to go for a guy, an outfielder, because that's what they really need, like DJ Peters, is definitely something I could see Farhan going for. Ultimately, I still think they'd be stupid to not try to get Will Smith from L.A., the catcher, because they're going to need a catcher. I know they ha- they just drafted one, but players change positions all the time. One of Smith or the other guy they drafted... They can move them to third or first. The Giants need to build their farm. They need to do it quickly because they're losing a lot of fans. So I think the Giants could potentially trade one of their lesser relievers to the Dodgers. I don't see why they wouldn't. It's not as strong of a rivalry as it's been in the past. Farhan and Friedman, they're definitely still friends. So that was a good question. We now focus really quickly on some Dodger hitters. Corey Seager, he's raised his batting average to 249. He's got six home runs. In the month of May, he hits 265 with four home runs. Justin Turner really heating up. He had a month of May batting 341 with five home runs. And he hit 306 now on the season with six home runs. Cody Bellinger, he hit 311 in May. He had six home runs. Now on the season, Bellinger, he's hitting 377 with 20 home runs and 52 RBIs. Earlier this week, unfortunately, Bill Buckner passed away, and Bill Buckner had a really long career. He basically played four decades, I think. He played in four decades. He was a Dodger at one point. He had a really good career. had an unfortunate thing happen in Boston which kind of ended up summarizing his career up which a little unfortunate so prayers to him Carlos Correa now get this Carlos Correa was getting a massage I don't know what kind of massage he was getting because it led to fractured ribs So, he's now out four to six weeks. And I don't know what you're doing, Correa, but 
I guess be more careful next time you get a massage or whatever you're doing. And then I get really pissed off every time I see this particular hitter, his stat line. Logan Forsythe with the Texas Rangers, he's now hitting 309, which just irritates me because when he was with the Dodgers, he couldn't hit worth beans. His last season before they traded him to Minnesota, he was hitting like 240. He signs a one-year, two million deal, two million dollar deal with the Rangers. All of a sudden, he's a 300 hitter. It's like, give me a break. Just another Josh Reddick. All these players, they can't do well in the LA spotlight. Just don't get it. So I hope Logan Forsythe falls into a major slump because where was this when you were on the Dodgers? Come on. And last but not least, found this really interesting. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, they're a bad team. However, they're first in baseball with runners in scoring position. They're hitting 290. So definitely something I wouldn't expect, but there it is. So the Dodgers got a big series with the Phillies coming up. After that, I think they play Arizona. Let's get some more wins. Kick June off. Just as hot as these last two months. Thank you for checking out The Incline. You can follow me on Twitter. At Klein25. The Incline is out. Go Dodgers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.